0: Okay, welcome to the next section of uh, of home inspector training. Uh, I'm Garth Haslam, home medic, bringing you up to speed so that you can succeed as a home inspector. I'm giving you all of the uh, guidance that I can give you from what is now 29 years of experience uh, <clears throat> via via video. Obviously, I'm not able to... Uh, give you one-on-one training. If after this, this course completes, you've still got uh, you got one-on-one training uh, needs, then we can talk. Um, but this is this is everything that I know that I can give you via this format. Uh, <coughs> hopefully we, uh, we'll, we can get you going. Well not hopefully. We'll get you going. Okay, so <coughs> tools. This is the tool section, the tools you're going to need, and uh, here's my spreadsheet, uh, my talking points. Um, you've basically got your your tool belt tools, and then you've got your truck tools. We're going to talk about each one of these. So the first thing that I, uh, that is important to me is that you've got, you know, you can do a standard tool belt, and I can sell those to you as well. Honestly, mine has a markup, and um, you probably want to do what you want to do. I provide a tool belt option in case you just want me to provide them for you. But if you were to go to Amazon or to Home Depot or whatever, you could provide these. Now, maybe if you're living in the middle of the Amazon, you don't have access to these, you might want me to ship these to you. Uh, I can do that. I guess if you're in the middle of the Amazon, there's not a lot of homes to inspect. So... There's that. Um, so tool belts have been uh, a thing since the beginning of time. Uh, you can decide to use a tool vest instead of a tool belt. They can be helpful. As you're wearing a tool belt, it's hard to shimmy into tight spaces. Uh, you got the belt banging against your legs the entire time. You gotta take it off in order to climb up on the roof. You gotta take it off in order to get into the attic. Basically anywhere where you need to skinny up a little bit, you gotta take your tool belt off. That is not that big a deal. <clears throat> but if you're wearing a vest, um, you just feel a lot more mobile. Uh, the difficulty is finding the kind of vest that works with the tools that you've got. I've found one that um, is good for me still has its disadvantages because the pockets in certain cases are not deep enough and uh, you, and then there's the issue of the screwdriver you know if you, point the, if you point it down it tears up the vest and if you point it up then it can scratch your arm so uh, there's there's no perfect options but tool belt is the basic. Uh, then you've got to have a cordless screwdriver and a regular handheld screwdriver. reason for this is the cordless screwdriver You've got to get into, for example, old breaker boxes. And as you're doing that, the uh, a screwdriver, especially some of the old boxes, it takes a thousand turns to get those uh, those screws off. and then it's another thousand turns to get them back on again. And then, if you have, in the case of these older homes, maybe there's multiple breaker boxes, each with their 1000 turn screws times six. It's a massive pain in the butt. You've got to have a cordless screwdriver. Again, if you try to do it with your hands, and it's obvious that you should have had a cordless screwdriver there, that's your one mistake. Um, you don't want to spend it on something as silly as, as a screwdriver. So you got to have something that is small that fits in your tool belt or your tool vest. Um... And then just in case the batteries go out or whatever, you've still got to have a regular screwdriver uh, there on you. Um, The the one item you will probably use the most is the plug tester. This one here um, goes in the most convenient place possible in your vest or your belt because you're going to be reaching for this all the time. As you go around the house... Every room pretty much has a um, has an electrical outlet, and you're going to need to be testing those. I believe that InterNACHI standards call for um, not all plugs to be tested, but uh, the ones that you can get to, and that's probably all of them. You need to test all of them because you never know when you're going to run into something that's hot neutral reverse or ungrounded or uh, whatever it is. Uh, sometimes they just don't work at all, and that's that's for you know I, we'll talk about that in the electrical section. But uh, you got to have a plug tester, and you're going to be using that a lot. You need to have a backup plug tester in your truck, and um, if you, you want to be careful, you might want to have a third. And they've got to have the GFCI testing option on them. They've got to have the little button there, and uh, those are still inexpensive. What, 20 bucks, Home Depot, or again, you can get them on Amazon. So <clears throat> then there's the field tester. And that's, uh, that's just a little uh, plug, or a, a, a little uh, device that allows you to check uh, whether there's a field or not. Where do you use that? Well, um, 220 outlets. So if you're checking a, an electric dryer vent, if, you're, if the stove's not there and you're checking that, uh, maybe there's a camper on the outside of the house, uh, camper plug, you can, um, you can check the field to make sure that you're, you're getting power there and that it's not a, a dead source. So a field tester is helpful. Um, digital thermometer. So these are the ones where you basically point uh, your your thermometer at an area um, to see what things look like. Now this is different than a digital uh, than a thermo camera. Yeah, the digital thermometer you can use that to check the burners, check the oven, um, check the heat to make sure that it's behaving. Check the differential between the uh, heat register and the walls to make sure that's. An adequate uh, degree of uh, temperature difference. Uh, that's where that's where the therm- digital thermometer comes in. Um, that's a point, sort of a digital reading. Uh, your your thermal camera is basically it, is going to do something a little different. It's going to um, tell you. Uh, it's going to show you, for example, if there's parts of the wall that are uninsulated I had that happen with my daughter it was a brand new home and somebody just decided to not bother with the insulation and put the sheetrock up Uh, so she complained I came over with my thermal camera we noticed that there was a couple of whole sections where the insulation wasn't there she went with the complaint to the contractor they called me they yelled at me they said you don't know that I said yes I do I've got a thermal camera And they said, well, we don't believe yours works. I said, great, bring your own out. they did, and sure enough, theirs did much the same as mine. Uh, Very helpful to have a thermal camera there. That will help you. I actually used my thermal camera to identify, to prove uh, that there was a raccoon in the ceiling of, of one of the houses I inspected. That's a great story, and I'll make it short, but stories are awesome, and it kind of breaks up the monotony. I was called out to um, go to this house and explain and identify why it, stunk, why it stunk. And they did tell me that there had been raccoons actually in the basement area. So I went out there, and sure enough, I heard a chitter. And... <laughs> but So I carefully went through the basement to see if I was going to meet up with a uh, snarling raccoon. Didn't happen, but the place definitely stunk. So... Uh, I started uh, poking around and heard the area where I thought, you know, maybe there was a raccoon. pulled out my uh, thermo camera, and you could actually see the heat signature uh, there on the ceiling where the raccoon was. <clears throat> and then as I moved around doing other things, I could actually see that raccoon move across the ceiling, and I could see the direction he went to get out of the house. Um, so with that information, I was able to be a hero, and I I got uh, you know another dedicated client out of that one. He, that guy figured that no matter what the answer or the problem was, that I would have an answer because apparently I could provide an answer to that very difficult question. Um, and I told him that in this in that particular case that the smell. Might have been a dead raccoon, it might have been raccoon feces, but uh, they had to remove the sheetrock from the ceiling throughout that basement just to find out where, where the nastiness was and make sure that it got eliminated so they could sell the home to somebody. So that's the use of a thermo camera. You can also use the thermo camera for uh, inspecting the, uh, the heat signature in the breaker box. If at the moment that you're there, there's a a lot of demand or maybe loose connections, Uh, thermal cameras are one of the ways where you can see if there's too much heat going on. Obviously, that's only that moment. You can use other methods like um, melting to identify if there's been a problem. So next up, we've got uh, the moisture meter. It's... um, it's going to be something that you can use in conjunction with your thermal camera. So, for example, let's say that there's a risk of water in the basement. Let's say you're, you're doing a home with a basement and water is getting in, or maybe it's getting in potentially from the roof, or uh, maybe there's actually critters in the attic and they're peeing in the corner. Uh, you can identify those areas with a moisture meter. Now, be aware, it's marketed as a moisture meter. It says it's a moisture meter, uh, but what it's really measuring is density. So if you have sheetrock that's wet, it's going to be more dense than sheetrock that's not. Uh, And I guess it doesn't really matter if your moisture meter shows that uh, the moisture is going up. uh, As you move towards a particular area, then you've got wet wet sheetrock there. Um, your thermal camera will also identify with that, because if it's wet, it's probably going to be cooler, and, show, and that'll show a different heat signature. So you're, um, between the two of those, you'll um, get a pretty good idea of where the water may be. Your pressure tester <clears throat> is next, and uh, your pressure tester goes on the uh, hose bib outside. Now, what I tell people is you like to have it between 40 and 90. And, you know, if it's above 90, it could be a gusher. There is the pressure uh, reducing valve that is located next to the water main inside the house. Um, You don't want to mess with that. You start turning that, it's going to leak, and then you're the one who sucks, and you're the one who's going to get sued. But uh, your pressure tester is, is going to, you know, if it's less than 40, and again this is technical knowledge and we'll and I get into that and the technical side but if it's less than 40 that's a problem. Let's let's leave it at that. Um, your pressure tester now I did an inspection yesterday where the showers uh, upstairs in the house were poor the, the flow was poor. There the, there wasn't enough water coming out of those shower heads to to shower in. And so then the next question is does the house have enough pressure? I knew that because I'd already uh, got my water pressure tester uh, and, and tested it on the hose bib outside. So we knew there was 60 pounds of, uh, 60 PSI of, of pressure to the house. So then the question is, why are these showers not behaving like they should? Um, we were able to deduce that, that uh, because it wasn't happening at all of the outlets, then only some of them, <clears throat> the showers, that uh, there was probably a blockage, probably gravel, mud, whatever um, in those particular valves and to have the, the contractor take care of those. So your pressure t- tester is <clears throat> only gonna be something you use once at a home, but you gotta have it and it's cheap, so add that to your tool belt. Next up, we've got the carbon monoxide tester Now, that one's kind of huge because this is how you make a hero of yourself. So you're going to have this guy in your tool belt or your vest, and you're going to test for a flame rollout near any uh, fireplaces. You're going to test for that uh, sort of thing near your water heaters um, and and in the vicinity of basically anything that, that causes a flame. So the, you know, I I, I did one inspection a number of years ago where it was some, it was a college town. We had six girls in this home, uh, call it a home, it was more like an apartment, but they were packed in there. It was probably 800 square feet and somehow you pack six girls in there with bedrooms and a, kitchen and a living room of sorts and then in this tiny closet off to the side there was <clears throat> there was a very small closet with the water heater in it so i got in there and i'm like there's no combustion air in here so i wanted to see if we had carbon monoxide sure enough we did there was a seven part per million uh flow of, of co carbon monoxide don't call it co2 that would make you an idiot don't be an idiot. That would be your mistake. Um, <coughs> Co And um, And so we had this seven part per million uh, addition. So you know one person might say, well, seven parts per million is uh, is less than the EPA recommended fifty parts per million for an eight hour thing. The difference is that we're adding seven parts per million continuously to the house. Uh, carbon monoxide, again, I'm getting into the technical knowledge, but carbon monoxide uh, builds. And one of the, one of the um, <clears throat> symptoms of carbon monoxide poisoning is headaches. And so I asked these girls if they had headaches and nausea. Sure enough, they did. So that carbon monoxide tester made me a hero that day. I might have saved some lives that day. Uh, and I did that with my carbon monoxide tester. Gas sniffer. <clears throat> it's an interesting concept or an interesting tool because you won't use that very often. But when you do, if you're uh, and, and you'll want to use that to test around gas devices just to make sure there's no there's no gas leak there. But if and when that does happen, uh, again, you probably will have saved somebody's life. If there's a gas leak and it continues, uh, that's not good. So your, your gas sniffer can be a huge thing. Now, finally, you see that we've got the flashlight. <clears throat> I love flashlights. I don't know why I've just decided that I'm a bit of a flashlight freak. And I want good flashlights, Last thing you want to do is have a flashlight that isn't as good as the one that your client brought. That <laughs> that's embarrassing. It's humiliating, and it's kind of an indication that you're not up to speed. So uh, it's still got to be small. You know, it can't be uh, a ten-pound behemoth. It's got to go on your uh, on your tool belt. But you want to buy the best flashlight that you can find, and. Um, Home Depot, for example, has a really good 700-lumen uh, flashlight that is, I don't know, about 60 bucks. It's, it's not too bad. And that baby is bright. Your uh, your client won't have something better than that. But even if they do, your flashlight doesn't suck, and that's important. Okay, next up, we get into the uh, truck tools. <clears throat> Let's go there. Um Again, the first tool you got to have in the truck tool category is you got to have a truck. And I talked about in the last segment uh, can't be a car. So uh, quite often people will ask if you have a level. Um, doesn't happen every inspection. Doesn't even happen every twenty inspections. But you got to have a level in your truck, or again, you're just going to look bad. Ladders are <coughs> ladders are interesting so i have a 17 foot ladder <clears throat> it's the kind that that um, folds down to four feet because i have a jeep i can put that in the back of my jeep but it, uh, i have to fold the back seat down it's kind of a pain so i'll put that on uh, behind the back tire of my jeep and uh people notice that and that that doesn't hurt my branding um, so that's a 17-foot ladder, and it gets me uh, pretty much every place I need to go. Now, what happens when the roof is 18 feet or 20 feet or 24 feet? Uh, my 17-foot ladder doesn't get me there. So um, that's where you have to start thinking about whether you're going to purchase a drone or what you're going to tell people when, when the roof is higher than your ladder will go. You know, one of the options, if it's a steep roof, is, uh, you know, I'm not in the mood to die today, um, but they still don't feel served if you can't at least take a look at, at their roof. Now, there's the option of binoculars, et cetera. Sometimes roof lines don't allow complete inspection that way, um, so you may want to consider getting a drone. Uh, they can be, I mean, you can spend thousands on a drone. Um you can spend about 1200 on a drone. There, you'll want to do some research on that, uh, depending on what your budget looks like. But if you have something like that, that does help you in your marketing and uh, prevents you from looking bad in those uh, cases where you can't physically get up there. Now, I know an individual who, who has a, uh, an inspection team across the country, and I talked to him once, and he said that uh, one of his inspectors uh, fell off the roof, and, and he was badly hurt. And I don't think he was ever able to do inspections again. You know, one thing you might want to consider is, you know, unless the roof is very short and very flat, maybe you just never get on a roof at all, and you just drone everything. That's an option. That's doable if you've got a drone. So... Um, Going back here to the truck tools, you've got the level, the ladder. You're going to want to bring some food, and here's why. So you're going from, let's say, your morning inspection to your next inspection, and it's close. You don't really have time to stop and eat. I mean, that's what gas stations are for, but sometimes there's not one on the way. Sometimes you're not in an area where they've got a lot of those. Sometimes you're already late and you just don't have time. So you got to bring food, have food in your truck so that you can um, survive. And you don't want to show up to an inspection on an empty stomach. Um, <clears throat> makes you hungry, takes you off your game, and you don't want to do that to your client. You're going to want to basically, your body is saying, get me out of here, I'm hungry. And you don't want to be wanting to get out of there because you're hungry you want to be settled comfortable and all about the clients so i like to bring food now what can you bring that uh, is not going to rot you can bring jerky i love jerky that's a good choice for me you can go to the dollar store you can get uh, trail mix of nuts and and m&ms etc that works and of course you got to have water with that so i like to always have a water cup in my truck as well uh, that way, you don't have to stop when you really don't want to stop for whatever reason. So, <clears throat> the last one is the, um, is the specialty items, and we're going to talk more about that in its own segment. But uh, if you got a drone, you don't have to get on the roof. If you got a crawler, you don't have to get into the crawl space. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of crawl spaces I don't want to get into. And uh, that can help to have the crawler so that uh, you can get the thing inspected without risking your life or getting bit by something you don't want to get bit by. Sewer scope is helpful. It's an addition. But those would be truck tools. Now, business tools, and I talked about this a little bit in the business basics. You're going to want to... um, to have the ability to easily get paid. Uh, If you can, if you can, I don't want to say if, well, let's say if, if you can get paid uh, there at the site, then you know you're paid, you can go home, you can write up the report, you can send it, and you're done with that inspection. You don't have to keep track of anything. You don't have to beg and hope you are done with that inspection. I, I find personally that I'm a much better inspector than accountant. I don't like to have to keep track of who owes me and who I should call and when I called them last and when I should call them next and what they said and how much I should beg. Um, not how you want to do business. So you want to get set up for credit cards. Um, that's Square. It's just an app. Uh, I'm pretty sure anybody can do it. Uh, even if your credit sucks, I, b- I believe that uh, that Square can still set you up. 3% fee, not awesome, but you get paid, and getting paid is good. Venmo, depending on the area of the country you're in, uh, Venmo is either a very common option or in some cases not. But you want to have Venmo be an option because everybody wants to pay you via Venmo. It's free to everybody, uh, and... That's kind of the way you want to do it. Another option is PayPal. Uh, you can do that way as well. I have had not very many, but maybe one or two clients per year that want to pay me through PayPal. And if so, then great, you've got that available. It shows how awesome you are because no matter how they want to pay you, you can accept that. Uh, about the only thing, <clears throat> I can also take Zelle. I don't know if you heard of Zelle. Uh, about the only thing that I don't take is... Uh, is crypto, and I may even be getting set up for that. So uh, you, again, you're going to want to show that no matter what the question, you've got the answer. So to do that, you're going to want to be able to have these business tools available to you. Credit cards, Venmo, PayPal, of course, cash and check. Um, That way you can take all of it and you're not inconveniencing the client because you don't want to ever inconvenience the client the point is to protect them to be the hero to be the one who provides the answers and uh, let them know that no matter what it is you're prepared you're capable you're awesome and you've got it and when you when you send that message clearly using in this case the the tools that you have then um, the google reviews the Yelp reviews are going to reflect that that's going to result in you getting more business it's going to result in you being able to raise your prices because in, in some cases you got too much business it's a great way to do business and everybody loves you it never ce- ceases to surprise me how sometimes i will finish a job and i'm like and i'm like okay the price tag is this much inside i'm cringing They happily hand me the check and say, thank you very much. And that's when I know that I did it right. Because I know those guys are going to refer me to everybody. Um, That is the tools section. And uh, next up, we've got specialization.